Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making coastal Mississippi such an incredible place to live, work, and play. Hey, we're in that season. Uh, such a beautiful Christmas season all across coastal Mississippi. They're the, the sign of, of the season. And uh, it's just beautiful time of the year to be to be here. And um, I came across something the other day that uh, that reminded me of this theme that I talk about often. And and the theme is that we should we should learn to live in the moment more. I think as coastal Mississippians, because of what we've gone through, you know, the natural disasters that we've had to face and the man-made disasters and things like the the oil spill and of course the pandemic. Um, it's a time for us to reflect. It's a time for us to remind ourselves that we can't do anything about yesterday, and we certainly can plan for tomorrow. But the most important thing is sort of live in the moment. And I came across there. There was this quote by Emily Dick, uh, Dickinson. It was uh, you know she's a poet, she's a very very tr- incredible poet, and she was born in uh, December of 1830. So and this thing that I was reading was celebrating her birthday. And she said something that was super powerful. Well, she said a lot of things that are super powerful, but but this one's short and sweet. And I think it sort of fits that theme that I just mentioned. And here's what Emily Dickinson said. Forever is composed of nows. Com- forever is composed of nows. And I think that's a, an incredible statement about how we should make the best of the moment and live in the moment, and that is for sure. And we're about to move to our fir- to, to our first guest here in just a second. But in reading this one from Frank Sinatra, who also celebrated, we celebrated his birthday. He was born in 1915, December 1915. Amazing to me. Seems like he's still around. But Frank Sinatra, we hear him on the radio these days a lot because he sings so much beautiful Christmas music. But um, he said this, the best revenge is massive success. <laughs> I love the way he said that. The best revenge is massive success. Not that I had massive success in my life, but I often do think about the success I had in my life and how it probably shocked some of my teachers earlier in my life. I, I can remember I can remember once, um, actually, I'll just tell you straight up, I had to make a near 100 on my final English test in my senior year in high school in order to pass English. <laughs> That's, I, was, I was someone who really didn't apply myself in, in classes the way I probably should have. And it wasn't until I got to college that I realized that I had a special gift and I, I began to sort of embrace it. And one thing led to another and I did really well in college. But but I remember, I remember, you know, when I applied myself to things like music, for example, I was in, very much in, engaged in the band and loved drumming and loved banging on the piano. Um, you know, I tended to do quite well when I did when I did that. But I learned a lot about myself when I got out of high school. But 
But, you know, I'm sure there were some teachers that when they saw me become publisher of the newspaper and, and, and beyond that get involved in, as a CEO in the media industry, they probably scratched their head and wondered, how did he do that? And um, and some one actually, one actually, and I won't, I won't get into details about who he is because that person is still alive today, but he literally said to me, he said, you better get a good trade because math is not your thing. And I went on to college and aced every class, and he totally underestimated what my capabilities were. But I'm sure that's the impression that I was creating. The best revenge is massive success, Frank Sinatra. Boy, education, man. Education is so critical to our success in life. And, man, I, I, I really came to understand that for sure. And I enjoy talking to, um, to educators here along the coast of Mississippi. And one of the one I most enjoy spending time with is Glenn East, the superintendent of Gupport School. So let me welcome him to the conversation. And, you know, Glenn, I saw you snicker a couple of times while I was sharing some of that. But it is true that – there are some students that sort of make it out and you wonder sort of what they're going to do. And then, you know, they end up becoming, you know, having great success in their lives. And uh, you can't always pick them, can you? That's, that's exactly right, uh, Ricky. It it's reminds me of a story is, is look, they're going to be successful in some shape, form or fashion. I guess no matter what we do as parents and as teachers, and it's, it's always those that uh, you think, oh, goodness, we, I hope they'll make it. They end up making it and make you proud. And and then you got to go back, kind of slap yourself for saying, "Oh, I didn't think he was going to make it." So uh, <laughs> that's, a, that's a story that comes around quite often. I bet it does. But what's cool about what you guys have done is you have created the opportunity through your partnerships with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, through your outreach to business and industry, all the efforts that you're doing. It's not. It's a. It's this is not. Ricky Matthews is high school anymore. This is a, a high school that really is working to try to understand where where the opportunities might be for students. And you've had, again, the best revenge is massive success, but, you know, Gulfport High has had some tremendous success in this arena. And I really have, have applauded you. I've actually seen it with my own eyes. It's, an, it's incredible what you're doing in, in sort of non-traditional education ways that are that are really making a difference in people's lives and and it's impressive and you hear it you hear that a lot from people who are shocked by how innovative you guys have been that, that's true i mean we've got uh, every kind of program you can think of going through our, our, our in our system our career pathways uh, you know we, we started off thinking that everybody was going to leave Gulfport high school knowing what they wanted to do uh, that's true for some, but I think more important is they leave Gulfport High knowing what they don't want to do as well, and that helps them narrow choices for the community college, like you mentioned, Gulf Coast or the IHLs, the four-year schools. And I think our success rate for students leaving the high school in the post-secondary world is successful because they either learn what they wanted to do or they learn what they really did not want to do for the rest of their lives and, and, and taking care of their families. Well, I mentioned, I mentioned the partnership with Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College. I had Mary Graham on recently, and we spent an hour talking about all the innovations that they engage, have engaged with. And you don't engage in the way that they have, in the way that you have, without a strategic plan, without constantly thinking about, okay, how can we make a difference? And part of a strategic plan is looking at the market, having, having conversations with key stakeholders in the community so that you can understand how these programs ought to be shaped and where you're going to invest your, your money. And um, I was reminded when we were talking about how unbelievably driven Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, and as you and I have talked about this before, with over 50% of their students now enrolled in non-traditional education, 
um, the the work that you two are doing together. Some people before they even get out of high school are for, very far along in their in their college education. Um, it's cool to see all these different angles play out in front of you, isn't it? It really is. And and to think that you know we've got a success rate with those students going to she calls it the Collegiate Academy at, at Gulf Coast, and we call it our middle college here in the district. Those students who are now in the workplace, being successful, doing the things that they wanted to do. Uh, when we set this program up, I remember the first 15 kids that we graduated, 14 of them went on to post-secondary, now have graduated early. Some of them are GAs at, 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 at a younger age and working on even more advanced diplomas. Had one young man go in the military right off the stage, being successful there. And now we're at a program that has almost 90 kids in it. And so it's a powerful option for students to you know, want to find their pathway. And, and you mentioned high school in your day and who don't like to play high school. They, they, they want to get out there and, and, and test those wings early. And, and our programs allow them to do that. Uh, and it's a great partnership we have with Gulf Coast and again with our partners on getting those interns and, and, and helping our students grow. And especially in hiring teachers. I mean, we've got a whole program where they can go through our system and we can turn out hiring them as a teacher in three or four years. So. Uh, it's it's a good deal for us. It's a good deal for students and our, and families in the future as they plan for themselves. Well, for people who missed our prior conversation, let me let me let me drill down on one thing. When we had the the Super Talk Live remote from from your school, I had a, a opportunity to see firsthand that whole wing of Gulfport High that is dedicated to teaching kids these various parts of business and industry. And so you have you sort of have your media center and a retail outlet. If you go into the area where they work on cars, you can think of the back shop of any new car dealer. That's what it looks like. Um, you have a culinary arts area that that I said Emerald would be proud to cook in your commercial kitchen. And I'm not kidding. It's that it's that level of of uh, of, of investment and um, and and impression that that is made. It's an incredible impression. But but it is you know you literally have 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 created these real world environments for kids to be able to work in. I, I, the last time we talked, I, I likened it to Universal Studios. It's it's that it's so real. But um, but but you probably have plans to add to it, don't you? You know, it's one of the things we got to remember is that we're actually training students for jobs that may not even exist yet. And that's why, you, that's why you have to think about this. Think about how quickly the world moves in technology, in food prep, in food growth, all of those things. And so the best thing that we can do in those programs is teach them to be strong problem solvers. And so as we add to, for example, you know, we've had this whole Gaston Point uh, College and Career Readiness Center, where we, we're doing the Ingalls work and the preparation for shipbuilding. We've got the Mississippi Power Company group who's teaching them how to be uh, linemen and, and do that kind of work safely. But then again, in those programs, 20 years from now, building a ship is probably going to be a little different than it is today. 20 years from now, running electricity or, or the power that we can do is going to be a little different. That's where the program's important. Let's do this. We're, we're having a conversation with Glenn East, the superintendent of Gulfport Schools. We'll, we'll pick it up there on the other side as we expand on why this is so important to think about future programs. We'll see you after this break.
live or on demand and watch episodes of Coast View on your laptop, desktop, or on your phone or tablet by going to supertalkmsgulfcoast.com. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I'm having a conversation with my friend, the superintendent of Gulfport Schools, uh, Glenn Ace. Glenn, I'm looking at my table, and I have uh, Ernest Hemingway's The Green Hills of Africa, William Faulkner's The Hamlet, William Faulkner's uh, The Big Woods, the short stories for, for Ernest Hemingway. Um, education is really important and the opportunity to, to, to grow your mind. And certainly traditional education is still really important. You're not saying that that's not important, but these are add-ons to the traditional education that can really seek to help students sort of grasp what they're leanings are. Now, they may not stay in these areas, but what they're learning about how to expand their mind and what they're learning about how to learn, what they're learning about what is available to them as students when they get out of school and when they choose to go further, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College or, or you know, advanced university from there, um, they're, they're trying to get to the essence of that. And education is a lifelong thing. So these books that are on my desk are just uh, me continuing to stretch my mind, and it, it starts with what you're. That's what you're hoping to do. You're hoping to create a lifelong, l- long commitment to learning, continuous learning. And if you do that, you've you've really set set the stage for someone to succeed in their life, haven't you? Yes, you have. I mean, oh, Captain, my Captain, our fearful trip is done. It's, it's a piece of poetry, but it's history. And, and, and expanding your mind with Hemingway or Faulkner, your Dora Welty, while I lived at the post office or the PO, uh, those are all things that help expand your mind. But again, at the end of the day, those are things that once they're there and turning, help you solve problems, help you see the reality of everybody that you're around and work with. And again, so our career pathways are good things academically and, and J-O-B-wise and college prep-wise, but they're also about working with others uh, in a job uh, environment earlier and how in the kitchen it takes more than one person to produce that meal and put it out, who's important and who cleans the dishes and how all that has to work. So again, it's about expanding your mind and, and making sure that we all understand if I want to do this for the rest of my life, there's some things you have to do. And getting along with people, uh, loving a little literature, music, uh, and using those to, to help solve problems is always important. When we went to break, we're talking about, you know, when we talk about strategic planning, you're really talking about being very aware of what's coming. And an example, you can give an example there at the school, but an example that Mary Graham from Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College gave was the the really rapid evolution of the whole notion around cybersecurity and how that has changed things and what they're doing now with the center at the Harrison County campus. And it's amazing how fast something like that can really get lags, isn't it? It really is. And, and think about this. Cybersecurity, we're, we're doing coding with kindergartners uh, and, and all how to work that code, the same principle, and also take, take, take care of yourself. And the world's, I mean, it's so fast technology-wise, and having skills training and skills work in those areas is important to helping children in the future, but also helping them in the present day to understand, and we've talked about this before, too, that social media, what you say there stays there. And so you got cybersecurity, which is a big deal, but also just regular character integrity and making sure you're keeping yourself strong on social media. All things you have to incorporate into these pathways that we work with. 
I think it's awesome, and I, I congratulate you guys on doing that. You and I talked uh, over the last couple of years a lot about the pandemic and the response to the pandemic and what some of the, your concerns were, et cetera. Man, the data coming out across America, especially for those schools that literally closed <laughs> and went to, to all remote learning, the, the, the data is just not good for what the impact of the pandemic has been on education. But you you've, you discussed the last time we talked about especially seventh and eighth graders, how they were impacted within your system. How are you doing these days? And, um, and what's the prospect for getting caught up? I think that, uh, as we've discussed before, we had a good plan going into the pandemic. Parents would choose. We had the virtual and face-to-face. Going into this year, we were we, we knew we were behind in those areas, uh, seventh and eighth grade especially, and you should see those teachers and students working right now to to battle through that that little bit of learning loss. and And we're seeing success. I think we are. I think we will be very close to being back to where that group of students needs to be at the end of this year, but definitely probably by the first intercession at the at the beginning of next. I think we'll be back on on uh, where we need to be with that group of students. But yes, I would have hated to have been closed more than, than we were during that time. The beauty of it is that we've got some high spots. Uh, I'll give a shout out to 28th Elementary School. They've got the highest academic achievement they've had in a long time. And so a lot of those kids, siblings are in the middle school where they were struggling. Uh, and then as our high school has moved up into the ninth grade and 10th grade, the, the maturity is getting there. The nose to the grindstone, that old way of saying things, is much more prevalent and, uh, with our teachers, working with our students, and also with our kids in the classroom. So we really believe that by the end of this year, we'll have made some progress or, or good progress, and then possibly by the end of that first nine weeks of next year, that first intercession, we, we're going to see some normalcy, I think, with that group of Well, for, for people who are not aware of the Gulfport School System's um, uh, commitment to doing year-round school with what is called intercessions in between these segments, remind people what you guys are doing there. So, so what we've got, Ricky, is, is, is nine weeks on of, of, of instruction, and then we take a two-week intercession. And during that intercession, any student that is behind that needs extra work we're able to shrink the class size, if you will, and have teachers working one-on-three, one-on-five, one-on-one in some cases to try to close those achievement gaps. And so at the end of each nine weeks, we have this, this intercession program that allows us to do that. It also allows from some enrichment, uh, the ability to do some things with kids that that maybe not want to go play soccer, but we've got a soccer camp for them. Uh, we're working on the same thing with technology, the robotics. You've got some programs where kids can come up and work with the robots. So you've got both ends of the spectrum able to explore things that they want to do, but also have some time really intentionally trying to make sure we can close some achievement gaps. When you were making this decision to move to this approach, did you have did you understand the reality of uh, the pandemic and how the intercessions would give you an opportunity to really zero in on helping people catch up? I think that was an important conversation when we finally made the decision to do that. Um, we knew we had had some learning laws. We know that even going to summer school, children may pass the course in the summer, but it's not knowledge that's there to stay. So the intercession process makes it more firm, more that knowledge is liable to stick and, and work into the next nine weeks because there's more use of it quickly. So it definitely has helped us with that. And it, it was a small part of the conversation uh, at the end because of COVID. We, we were going to go that direction even if COVID had not happened, but uh, the COVID piece and the intercession work with our learning laws definitely helped us. Well, Glenn, I admired you at the time because <clears throat> so, so, I mean, 
it's an innovative approach, and it took putting a stake in the dirt and saying, we're going to do this, and then helping communicate that and helping families and parents and students sort of come to grips with what this meant for them, et cetera. Now that you've been in, for, in it for a while, is the feedback you're getting positive? you feel like people have mostly sort of accepted where you are? I, I, definitely. Um, from the beginning, it was this, you know, idea that it's going to be a good idea. The data is beginning to prove itself. You know, last year we talked, the data wasn't as pretty as we thought it was going to be. But now that we're in the second year and, and we're moving forward, the data is starting to become showing that, yes, we're actually closing some achievement gaps, a lot of achievement gaps with our children. Uh, the break for teachers, so to speak, between that time. You, you haven't lived until you spent eight hours with an elementary teacher with 25 little guys and gals. And so it's just amazing to see the, the refreshness that comes back with the students and also with the teachers. It's like you're having that first of the year uh, great time together at, each, at the beginning of each nine weeks. It's just so powerful. Yeah, it's incredible. I bet your phone is ringing out the hook because the fact that you did this uh, sort of on the heels of the pandemic and that you're getting the results that you're getting today. I bet there are a lot of superintendents saying, is this maybe the answer for some of the challenges that we're having? So our high school has been visited look, 20, 25, 30 times over the course of the last year and a half now. So yes, there's a lot of talk about it. There's some school districts that are moving in that direction, making plans to move in that direction. Here on the coast, I think you've got Jackson County looking at it. You've got uh, Pascagoula Gaucher looking at the program. Um, you know, Pastor Christian's already on it. We're on it. Uh, Pedal in, in the middle part of the state, uh, uh, Lamar County, uh, uh, Forest County. A lot of school districts have moved to it. And I think a lot of others are going to do that. It's, it makes sense. We're no longer a, a total farming society here where you have to wait and get the crops done and then school after Labor Day or whatever. Uh, not to downplay the importance of the catfish farming and the farming that we do, but it's just a different schedule and how that works. And the technology in those worlds is different. So being able to to spread this out and, and help out families is, is really powerful to us. Awesome stuff. Listen, the short time we have left, what else is on your mind these days? I, I, it, look, it's Christmas time. How can, how can you have anything bad to have to worry about going into <laughs> Christmas time? So it's been a great year. Look, I was able to uh, watch our choir sing here about Two weeks, two days ago, three days ago, last Thursday, whatever that was, and it's just fun to see kids having fun in the arts. And, and our, our band um, has done some <clears> things. <throat> it's just fun to see those kind of things happening. And then academically, of course, you're always in this last week of school, so that means nine weeks tests. And, and so you're seeing students study. You're seeing uh, the schools really operating the way you would think a high school and our elementary and middle schools would. So it's just fun to watch children grow up and learn. And Christmas is even a better time to see that, quite frankly. You just you enjoy it. Uh, so, yeah, so this is not the high school that was there when I was there. But I have to tell you, my band experience while I was there saved me. It literally did. It taught me the importance of being prompt, you know, always be early. It, it taught me about team. It taught me about if I want to be great at something, I have to repetition and practice and commitment and learning I, I would say that that's what set the stage for me to, once I got out of high school, to really go on a mission to to be the best I could be. And um, and so now you have all these other things that are like band, <laughs> whether it be yep. sports or whether it be, you know, this extension of non-traditional education or whatever it might be. The opportunities are there. And we know a lot more about learning now than we knew then. And we know how to really get to the essence of people better than we did then. But... 
I, I, I didn't have a terrible experience. I want to make sure that's very clear. In fact, it probably Mike's my education experience probably saved me. And uh, the, Seth uh, core yeah. Some of our best band students are some of our best bath students. So I'm trying to figure out how that happened back in your day. That it wasn't that way. So yeah. Well, it turned out it was that way. That's the interesting <laughs> thing about it. Uh, just that uh, you know, I was a, I was, a, I think I was a challenging student to be quite honest with you, but. You know, I, I, I found myself, thank God, in, in college and went on to, to do quite well. So it's been a pleasure, my friend. This has been Glenn East, the superintendent of Gulfport Schools. We'll see you soon, my friend. Good to see you. You bet. We'll see you after this break. Subscribe for free to the Coast View Podcast on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.